Well, good morning, Shiloh. I am so excited just to be before you today. Amen. As we are starting off a new series um, called Beginnings, and it's a study of the book of Genesis. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I'm super excited about that. Uh, number one, um, as you study the word, you see that really the truths that are lying throughout the entire Bible really all begin in the book of Genesis. I would say about 99.9% .9 of the revelation of who Jesus is all the way through the book of Revelations, um, they begin in the book of beginnings, which is the book of Genesis. And so there's something called progressive revelation that you find throughout the word. And so to really get the broad scope, the understanding of what God wants to do in us as individuals, in the church, and just throughout the world, we can start in the book of Genesis. So as we uh, study this uh, book and start this series, I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to move um, in your life. And then number two, I am super excited because this is the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Yay. I tell you one thing, I am half past being drunk in the Holy Spirit means I am past the point of being drunk. I'm trying to keep it together for you. I told Pastor Drew I don't want to scare anybody today, but I tell you one thing, the Holy Ghost is up in this place. We were away this weekend at the Young Adult Retreat, and it was ridiculous off the hook. Um, and I, oh, Lord God, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Woo! <laughs> And by the end of this service, I believe by the spirit of the Lord that there is an impartation that God wants to put into you and he wants to draw out of you. Oh, even the work of his hands in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I just want to pray. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. Oh Lord, that is alive. Your word is like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. Oh God, and the rock speaks of those things in our lives that is holding us back from fully entering in into the promises of God. So today, let your word be a hammer by the power of the Holy Ghost and let it break off, oh God, every limitation, every hindrance, every form of bondage from the minds and the spirits and the souls of your people. We believe the word of the Lord that says today we will move in the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! I believe your word, God. I trust your word, God. And today we thank you for what you're going to do. I'm telling you, put on your seatbelt as Pastor Violet used to say, lock in and get ready because God is about to move. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Woo, help me, Lord. She Araba Andoro Sokora. Thank you, Lord. Do you know we are, I'm sorry, Jews, I can't help go off tangents. He says, don't go on tangents. But do you know we are living in the day of the Holy Spirit? 
Do you understand that when Jesus came to the earth, he did everything that he had to do? And he said, now I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you one that is going to dwell inside of you and give you the power to accomplish everything that you are to do in the earth. This is the day of the Holy Spirit. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. This is his day. This is his hour. This is his move. This is his time. Oh, this is his ministry. Oh, this is the day of the Holy Spirit. Woo! It is the Holy Spirit that breathes on his word. It is the Holy Spirit that draws out of you everything that God has put in you. Woo! Yay, yay, yay. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, move in this place, oh God. Holy Ghost, breathe in this place, oh God. Woo! I don't have to say anything, but when the Holy Ghost touches you today, you will be changed. Woo! Yay, 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 yay. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the advocate. We thank you for the paraclete. We thank you for the lawyer in the courtroom, oh God. We thank you for the judge. Oh God, we thank you for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Hallelujah. Y'all didn't gave me the mic while the pastors are away. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Has passed, drunk in the spirit. I'm already drunk in the spirit. On the day of Pentecost, they said, them people drunk. They not contained. There's something coming out of them. There is a sound as a mighty rushing wind. There is something that is past the tipping point. When you get to the place past the tipping point, woo, when you cannot contain. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, Jesus. Help me, Lord. So the book of Genesis. Because <laughs> some of you right now are going to be speaking in your heavenly language, a prayer language you've never spoken before. Come on, no one has to lay hands on you. On the day of Pentecost, nobody laid hands on them. Woo! Yay, just begin to cry out to God. Spirit of 
living God fall in this place. The one that teaches us all things. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Genesis. And don't worry. Oh, because God's going to do something in spite. <laughs> Ooh, help me, Lord. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read it. The whole chapter. And I'm going to do it in a dramatic way because I really just want you to hear it and picture it in your mind. And I asked my friends to come and dance just so they, they could help create the picture. But it's the story of creation. reads in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus, God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth. 
and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God said, saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed, and seed is in itself on the earth. And so it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be signs, let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And so it was. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light and the morning where were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with such the waters abounded according to their God kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creature according to its kind. Cattle and creeping things, beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And so it was. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and saw, God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image of the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, seed on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food also 
to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. <laughs> and he rested on the seventh day Ooh, from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Yay! Come on. That is the word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. And as I was reading this again, as I was studying for this word, talking about beginnings, and when the Lord gave me a title, and it was called Creation chaos to creativity, I started thinking about how artistic and creative God is, how detail-oriented God is. And, and, you know, we read that scripture, and we've probably known it if you've been around the church for long enough, you know the story of creation, but there is some intricate detail that God placed in there. And what you know about God and what you see of his character in this is that he is a person that loves the process, that perfection comes through the process. You know, I was thinking about this, just about creation. You know, the Bible says that to us, you know, one day is a thousand years to God. And so we really don't know how long that process took. It could have took one 24-hour day. It could have took 7,000 years. We don't know. But whatever we know, we know that God created it. And I was thinking about God. Why do you do the things you do the way you do it? Because if it was me, it would have read in the beginning, God, dawn created the heavens and it was done in one day. And on day two, she took a nap. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have just snapped my hands and it would have been done. Everything in it, complete, done, done, done. But God did something that was line upon line. And again, as you read the book of Genesis, you read that there are things, there's a progressive revelation that God, I believe, uh, created the world in that way because he wanted us to understand something about who we are. There is a parallel between the creation, between our lives, and even between what God does in the church. And I want to draw that out today. The book of Romans, it says, oh, the depths of God, that his mind is surpassed finding out. And I love that about God. We see God do one act, and we think it's for one purpose. But God is so great, he's so big, he's so intricate, that he can do one thing, and it can have 10 million, billion, billion, billion good things that come out of it. And I believe that is so with the creation of the world, that God did that. He created the, the actual world that we live in. But from that, there were signs, there were revelations, there were imparted understandings that he desires for us to know. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. So here's number one. 
I believe that God wants us to know what I want you to understand as we are studying the book of Genesis and as we are thinking about creation, what I want you to understand, I want you to open up your mind and I want you to say, I am the earth. Say that, I am the earth. And you say, Pastor Don, what do you think? What are you talking about? Is that some like new age thing? Like I'm the earth, I'm creation, we are one? Not really, but, but I want you to know everything the devil does, he trying to distort the actual truth that God already um, laid out in the word. Okay? Because I want you to understand that 2 Corinthians says, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts, to give light of the knowledge of the glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Here it is. But we are what? Earthen vessels. That's what the word says. You are earthen vessels. You are clay vessels. You are earth. You were made out of the dust of the earth. I am earth. You are earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. There is something that God is creating in you and has created in you. And just as in the creation of the world, there is a coming together of all things in your life. In your life and in the life of the church. Hallelujah. So revelation number one, as we're studying this idea of beginnings in creation, the first thing that God wants you to get is the revelation that in the beginning, the first four words out of the revelation that God gave to humanity is that in the beginning, God say that in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And this is so important to get that revelation. You must understand first that there is a God. That there is a God. I believe there's some people here that are still searching that out, don't really have that understanding. Maybe you're like, I don't know, I don't believe in all this. We understand that, you know, that they're atheists, this atheists that there's agnostics, that there are many different views around divinity, but I want you to know today that there is a God. I tell you what, I know for myself that there is a God. I know there is a God that sits high and looks low. I know there is a God that wants to know you. I know there is a God that holds all power in his hand. Wow. Oh, once have I heard it, but twice. Once have God said it, but twice have I heard it. What power belongs to God? There is a God, and he is divine in nature. He is majestic. Ooh, he created the heavens and the earth, the universe. Ooh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And the, and the freedom that comes when that revelation is birthed in your life, it gives you the freedom to be who you are and know that you're not God. Oh, because some of us, we've all been there. We sit in the seat that God is supposed to be sitting in our lives. We try to take control of our lives. We try to dictate the pathways that we're supposed to go. We try to, in our own understanding, orchestrate our lives. We try to be God. The new age system that we live in, the antichrist, post-Christian reality that we're living in will tell you that you are God. 
that is a lie from the pit of hell. You must understand that there is a God and he is a great God. He is a terrible God. He is a winner. He never fails. He is perfect in all his ways. First thing you read in all of the word and all of the Bible, it says in the beginning, God, get that revelation. Then it goes on to say in the beginning, God, what did he do? He created. I love this. I love it. (laughs) The first thing that God wants you to understand, once that you understand that he's God, his nature, his divine makeup is to be a creator. Why didn't it say in the beginning God saved? In the beginning God healed. In the beginning, God, he said he created. He created. God is the master designer of your life. He is the master potter. This is so important for us to understand that God created you. He created me. He created the world with a purpose in mind, right? And this is so important because the devil and all the world and the systems of this world will try to get you to think that one, some man and woman was the person that created you. That you were not thought of first by God, but you were thought of first in human mind. That's not true. God had you on his mind before the foundations of the world. He knew everything about you. He knew your name. He knew your purpose. He knew who your parents were going to be. This is so important for us to understand because we have to know that we were called by God and that was a plan for our lives. You know, I, I work in the school system, and so every day, you know, I hear all the time just the, 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 the uh youth and the young adults that come and they're struggling with suicide. They're struggling with suicide. You read in the, in the media and in the news of whatever realm about young people and old people that commit suicide. Why? Why is that? Because they walk in life not realizing that one, there is a God and that two, he created them for a purpose. When you are void purpose, when you are void the understanding that you have a mission to accomplish on this earth, that there is a master designer, a master architect, the most creative being in all of the universe that he drew you. He, he, he sketched you out the way that you look, your hand, your nails, your facial uh, features, everything about you is a masterpiece. Our God is a creator. In the beginning, God created. God created. God created. God created. And you see this revelation even throughout the Bible all the way into the New Testament. Because in John, what did John write? 
John chapter 1. It said in the beginning, right? In the beginning. We're talking about progressive revelation. So we know that God created the heavens and the earth. But then John, in the time of Jesus, he said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, what? Was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And check this out. It says, all things were made by him. So the word is Jesus. Just, just in case you don't know who he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus, the living word. And he says that he was in the beginning. We read in Genesis, it said, let us make man. So that's God, the, the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost. They were all there in the beginning. Woo! They were there. Jesus was there, the living word. Everything was created by him. And what's important to understand, and I'm jumping ahead, but we were made in his image. So we have the nature of God in us. So what does that mean? That means you're creators too. If you think about humanity, if you think about the chairs you're sitting on, the lights we're under, you think about the mic I'm holding, made by man. Wow, innovation, science, everything you have, cars, clothes, uh, whatever, every single thing in this world was created by a human being through the knowledge of God. There is something that God is drawing out of his people in this hour. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 10, it says, for we are his workmanship. Ah, you know what that word workmanship means? It actually means in the Greek, we are his poema. We are his poem. You are God's spoken word. God sat down and wrote you out like a poem. Ooh, mm, mm. Oh my God. <laughs> You are a living epistle. I'm telling y'all, you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before, beforehand, beforehand, beforehand. <laughs> Jules, I'm trying that we should walk in now. First revelation, there is a God. Looking at creation. Everybody say, there is a God. Second revelation. He is a creator. He's working in you. But it says something very interesting about his creation. In Genesis 1-2, it says, and I'm only on chapter 2. I'm telling you, you can preach this, this one chapter. You can have a whole seminar. It says, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see that God created the earth. But what's interesting, God didn't just create it perfect. Well, let me say, God didn't create it finished. Although it was perfect, he didn't create it finished. Because it said that it was without form and void. And it said that darkness hovered over the face of the deep. I want to draw out two words for you right here. The word without form actually means confusion and chaos. 
The earth was created, but yet there was still confusion and chaos. And then it says without, it was, um, it was without form and void and void. That word void means empty. It means that it was not yet, uh, produced with everything that was meant to be in it. It meant that it was not operating at the full capacity. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. There was confusion and chaos, and there was a void that was happening in the perfect creation that God had created. That's very interesting because if you look at it just from our life's perspective, we could say that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are his poema, his poem, but yet some of us are walking in chaos. There is a a darkness that some of us, even if you haven't had it, you will have it. And if you had it, don't have it now, you have it before. That there is a, a chaos, a confusion that sometimes hovers over God's perfect creation. There is a void that can take place in our lives where we don't feel fulfilled. We don't feel like there's, uh, we're walking in our full potential. We feel like there is a hole that's deep within us. And there's, I think there's two type of people. There's people who have not yet come into the revelation of Jesus Christ, meaning you're not saved, meaning you have not yet given your life over to Jesus. And so you're walking in chaos and confusion and you're walking with the sense of, you know what, there's something missing for my life. And then there's the people who have been saved and who are walking with Jesus, but yet the enemy is hovering over you with chaos and confusion and some things that God is working out in your life to fill the void. So no matter where you are in life, as God creation, you're going to begin to feel that or you will or you have felt that darkness before. And we see this in the New Testament church. If you, what I'm doing is I want to show you how this progressive revelation unfolds even in the New Testament. It says that the church, right, had been with Jesus. When I mean the church, I mean, let's look at the 12 disciples. They, they have been with Jesus for three years, right? The perfect revelation of God, God himself in the flesh. And then it said that Jesus was crucified on the cross. Wow, what did that do to their confidence? Imagine the chaos, the turmoil that was going on in them as Jesus was crucified. And then this Jesus resurrected, and so they thought, yay, he back. But then he floats on up to heaven. I'll be like, bro, what? They didn't crucify you. What they gonna do for us? Imagine the fear. There's a story in the Bible where they, where Jesus met up with the two men walking on the road, and they were talking about it. They was like, man, this is crazy. Like, they didn't crucify them. We in fear. What's going on? And God began to, you know, walk with them and heard that there was a chaos taking place over the church. So we see that that was happening. But the word of the Lord said that the spirit of God hovered over it. And so the, the, the encouragement in that is that if you are in a place of chaos or confusion, maybe you don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe there's some questioning that you have. Maybe you're in between decisions. You're at the place of being double-minded. Just know that God is cre- uh, committed to you and the Holy Spirit is hovering over you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's hovering over it. 
God is committed to his creation. Spirit, the spirit of God hovered over the waters. Hovered over the waters. Jeremiah 1.12, it says, and the Lord said, that's right. And it means that I am watching and I will certainly carry out all of my plans. Come on. Ooh. Yay, 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 yay. God is hovering over Holy Spirit, the same one that hovered over the waters is hovering over you. Yay, God. Hovering over his word. He is faithful to complete the work that he has begun in you. God is hovering over you. There is hovering over. And then it goes on to say, here we go. Revelation, there is a God. There is a God. <laughs> Number two, our God is a creator. Mm, 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 mm. He created you with a purpose and a plan. His hand is upon your life. When you were in your mother's womb, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Woo! And he's hovering over it. Mm. I'm telling you, half past drunk up here. <laughs> and then it says, then God said. Then God said. Let there be light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And then it goes on to say all the way through verse 11. It, it co continued to talk about the separation process that was taking place. It said that he was separating the heavens from the earth. It says that he was separating the waters from dry land. There was a separation. He was separating the firmaments. And so what is that saying in your life? I am the earth. It says that in order for us to begin to move out of the place of confusion and obscurity, in order for us to move out of the place of being void and without form, we need to get under the word of the Lord. Then God, what? Said. Then God said. In order for God to say in, in your life, for there to be a separation, you got to be able to hear. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, God. Help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, it is time out. I mean, like, really time out. Like, really, 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 that it is time out. That the time is now over for there to be a people who say they are the children of God who cannot hear and identify the voice of the Lord in their lives. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Mm. Oh, you didn't clap loud enough for that. You didn't clap loud enough for that. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice that's it that's it my sheep know my voice so to be identified as a follower of Jesus you have to what know his voice 
Oh, gosh. Too many times, too many times we're stuck in between indecision. We're double-minded. And the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of their ways. We're like, God, is this you? God, I don't know. God, I can't hear you. God, is this me? The Lord said it must, it must, it must come to an end. There is a people of God who will stand and say, I hear the voice of the Lord. We must be able to identify and know the voice of the Lord. Then God said, and I was thinking about this, you know, um, even in relation to the New Testament, on the day of Pentecost, it said that Jesus told a group of people, people believe it was like 500 of them, 100, not 100, 100. hundred of them. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait on the promise of the Father. But how many people heard what he said? How many people heard, not with their natural ear, but with their spiritual ear? Because on the day of Pentecost, that number had what? Dwindled down to 120. So what that told me Holy Ghost, is that there are people who did not feel fully catch what Jesus was saying. They didn't hear it by the Spirit. Because when Jesus says something, he going to do what he said he going to do. Oh, when the word of the Lord is spoken over your life, there is no doubt. You cannot allow doubt to creep in and have you question what God said. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he spoke of for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also thinking about the day of Pentecost. It said on the day of Pentecost that there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And I was wondering, it also said other people um, were around or, you know, they could have been outside and they saw these people and they thought they were drunk because I was wondering, did they hear the sound? Did they hear it? Oh. You got to be able to hear the word of the Lord. Got to be able to hear it. Revelations 2, 7 said, he who has an ear, let him what? Let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life. There is something that God is speaking in this hour. But we must hear it. And so here is how you hear it. Here is the answer. You say, Pastor Don, well, how do I do it? It ain't going to ever, ever change. The way that you hear God is through his word. It ain't going to ever change. It's not going to ever change. You have to get the word in you so that the Holy Spirit can blow on it. And then, oh, that's God. That's how you do it. You got to get familiar with his word. So then the Holy Spirit illuminates the word. And then you what? Hear God. How do I hear God? How do I know? How do I stop being double-minded? You get in the word and you hear God. God will never contradict his written word. How do I know if this is God? Is it in the word? Does the word say it? God will never contradict his word. 
Number two, you got to pray. It ain't going to ever change. It ain't going to ever change. It ain't going to ever change. You got to get in the presence. You got to get in the presence. You got to get in the presence. You got to make room for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it ain't going to ever change. You got to let the Holy Ghost begin to hover over you and begin to speak to you. And you be like, oh, whoa, whoa, oh, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They follow me. There is a people that will know the voice of the Lord in this hour. Why are we a people of God if we can't hear him? How are we a people of God if we can't hear him? It's not an option. Oh, God, give us ears to be able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. He's instructing us. Then it says, Verse 11, all the way through 25, God spoke and it says that creation, whew, darkness separated from light. How do you walk out of darkness into light? Get under the word of the Lord. Hear what he says. Let there be. And then it says that the earth, and this is the part that I really want you to get. All of it I want you to get. But he says that the earth he said, let the earth bring forth. Say, I am the earth. What I believe the revelation is here that the Holy Spirit wants you to grab on to is that you are God's creation. It says that we were made out of the dust of the earth by the hand of the Lord. The very substance that God created the earth with that makes up our natural body. Everything that God does is perfect. There is no lack in it. There is nothing wrong with it. It is perfect, right? So what it says is that the word of the Lord began to say, earth bring forth. Earth produce. Earth bring forth. And this is what it says, that the earth brought forth grass and herbs and fruit and trees. That the earth brought forth lights in the firmament. That the earth brought forth that the waters that was in the earth, see the water represents the Holy Ghost, right? So mm -hmm, mm, 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 mm. there is a river that makes glad the cities of our God. Water represents the flow of the Holy Spirit. And it says that the waters begin to bring forth uh, uh, the fishes and the, and the, I don't know, dolphins and all that stuff. Woo! Hallelujah. It said that the waters abound with abundance. Then it said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind. And it had the animals and the <laughs> antelope and all that good stuff that was needed in the earth. And so what does that represent? That everything that you need to, to excel is already in you. It's already in you, but you need the word of the Lord to begin to draw it out. 
oh, 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 ah, yeah, 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 yeah. There is something that God wants to draw out of you. While you were in your mother's womb, I created you. I put inside of you a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are perfect. But God is saying, one, I need to separate the light from the darkness. Number two, I need to open up your spiritual ears. And then allow my word to begin to draw out of you what you need. What do birds represent? I don't know, but I think it represents things that bring you what you need. Like Noah was in the boat and he sent out the birds to bring something to him, right? Let the birds of the field begin to come and bring you stuff. Let them be produced. You know, eat the fish if you want it. God said, whatever you want to do with it, you have dominion over it. This is for you and it is good. You know what? It represents prosperity in your life if you are a child of God if you are walking in the revelation of Jesus Christ the separation has been done there is something that God wants to draw out of you bring forth bring forth bring forth bring forth bring forth bring forth bring oh bring come on why are we the people of God why does God have a people in the earth Oh, why does he have a people in the earth? Why? 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 Is it for ourselves so we can come in and be a people together? Oh, is it so we can go out and we can be a representation? Ooh, so we can be a sign. So we can be a sign. We can walk in dominion. We can walk in authority. God said, this earth is yours. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You know what? We've given over our, uh, what God has given us for too long. We've given it over. We've given it over. We've given it over. We've given it over too long. God says, this is your earth. This is your world. This is yours. This is yours. Walk in the dominion and authority that I have created you to walk in. It is time for you to bring forth. It is time for you to walk in the creative power that I have given you. Oh, I need somebody to hear by the spirit of the Lord what God is speaking to you in this moment. Spirit of the living God, help your people understand that there is something that God placed in you. And it is time for you to walk in it. You are made in the image of the creator, the divine designer of the universe. Get under the word of the Lord. Begin to walk in it. Begin to bring forth in your life. Begin to bring forth in your life. Begin to bring forth in your life. And the last thing we're going to end on, and this is where it's about to get crazy. said on the sixth day after he created everything that man needed he created man said that he formed him in the dust of the earth in his likeness likeness of the Holy Spirit likeness of the Father and likeness of the Son Jesus Christ we are made in his image but God did something different with this one. 
It said that he came real close to him. Oh, Jesus. And he blew the breath of life into his nostrils. And it said that man became a living being. On the day of Pentecost, they were in the upper room, had been with Jesus three years, still living in fear. They had been separated unto him. They understood that they had a purpose, but they were still not fully operating. And it says that there was a sound as a mighty rushing wind. And it said that the Holy Spirit fell on them with tongues of fire. And in that moment, something activated in them. They became alive. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times. Disciples who had ran from the place of the crucifixion. Something came alive in them. It said that they stood in the place of authority. They stood in a place of power. It said that they began to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. The church as we know it today was birthed on that day because the Holy Spirit had blew the breath of life. And the church became a living soul. So in this moment, what we need as we are talking about beginnings and what God wants to do. God wants to breathe the breath of life into you today afresh. I don't care if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's another baptism. There is another level that God wants to take you to. We are never at the place of having enough. And if you are, repent. We are never at the place of having too much revelation. We serve the God of the universe. We serve the God who is a divine creator. And if you have all that God has created, he can create some more. If you have all the revelation that you think you need, he can reveal again. There is something that God wants to draw out of you today and cause you to move into a fresh place. So with every person standing in this place, I believe there are three type of people here today. <laughs> there are the people who have not been saved yet. Meaning you have not asked Jesus Christ into your heart. Meaning you are not walking with God. You not have you have not yet had the light of revelation come. There has not been a separation from the world. God is saying, if that is you, today is your day. Mm. Maybe you've had questions about who is this God. And I guarantee today, if you just open up yourself to him and say, God, I don't know, but reveal yourself to me, he will. The second person is the person who is walking with God, but there needs to be a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost today. There is a person that God wants to even cause there to be chaos, to be separated in your life. 
You're a Christian, but the enemy has been attacking you with darkness and chaos. And God is saying, I'm going to speak again, and you're going to hear my voice, and the separation is going to come. And the third person is just the person who say, I just want more of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> On this Pentecost Sunday, oh, I want the tongues of fire to come and fall on me. Ooh. Yeah, come on, just begin to cry out to the Lord. Yeah, we need the Holy Ghost in this place, God. We need the Holy Spirit. Woo! Come on, you can just come to the altar. Don't wait. If I was you, I would run. If I was you, I would come. Oh, God, because I need you to come and breathe on me a fresh Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, would you begin to speak in your heavenly language? If you want the Holy Spirit, begin to speak in your heavenly language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I thank you for what you're doing, God. I thank you for how you're moving, God. We thank you for a fresh baptism. Just begin to lift your hands. Come on. You're not waiting on anybody. Oh, God, I thank you for a fresh baptism. I thank you for a fresh move of your spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for a fresh revelation. I thank you, God, for stripping away the old. I thank you for the new wineskin, oh God. Woo! Yeah! 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 Ha! Rosoto! Resete! Resoto! If I can have the worship team, somebody come sing a song. Yay! 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 Come on, I need more altar workers in this place. I need more altar workers in this place. Yay! God, come and do a new thing, God. Woo! Yay! Soto, Rebe, Reshatayere, Resata, Roko Sotayere, Resere, Roshandere, Rananana. Come on, tongues of fire are falling in this place, God. Woo! Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. If some of you would just get your eyes on the Lord right now, come on and go after him with all of your heart. Begin to go after him with all of your mind. Begin to say, God, fill me up. God, overflow in my life. God, change me from the inside out. Yay. God, we thank you for a fresh baptism. We thank you, Lord, for a fresh baptism. We thank you for a fresh baptism. God, I thank you for tongues of fire. God, I thank you for realigning us, oh God. Yay. Thank you, God. 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 I thank you to pushing us to the place, oh God, of the tipping point where we cannot return. Oh God, where we cannot return. Oh God, where you break out like you did, God, back then, God. What you did back then, God, you can do it today. You can do it again. You can do it, oh God. Yeah, yeah. 